And boom, we're back for another episode of AlphaCast. I'm Mike Winter, and I'm here as always with the noble, glorious Dr. Bear Paul Lando coming to you live and direct from the great state of Jefferson. Bear, even though I'm mobile, I'm technically in Jefferson still in Southern Oregon. So that's great. And Jefferson is a state of mind. And uh, you're, of course, at the farm on the uh, amazing Smith River, which is healthy and flowing very nicely right now. We are in the heart of winter, but as you were saying, the seasons seem to be shifting uh, and doing weird things as the sun normally doesn't come into your window like it is right now until the spring. So uh, lots of interesting uh, things happening in the world right now. A lot of interesting yeah. phenomena. Stoked for the season change uh, here in the Pacific Northwest. It gets a little bit wet. Uh, we've had a little break from the rain and we're doing a lot of farm work and spring prep already, but we know it's a fall spring and uh, we'll be back in the rainstorms. But for right now, we're getting a lot of good things done. Beautiful. And today we have Sean Stone on. I'm very excited to have this talk with him. I was fortunate enough to meet him in person in Miami. Uh, shout out to Jeff and Jackson who did the, I don't know, Sean, I always pronounce this wrong. Is it Aria? Aria? Aria. <laughs> Aria. Um, uh, and it was a really awesome event and, uh, just amazing people there. Very high consciousness event. Got to hang out with Sayer G a bunch, uh, bear who's a homie and, uh, yeah, it was great. So, uh, that's, what's so great about going to these events is we get to meet fellow champions of truth in person, in the real IRL. And, uh, it really is, we need to have more of these because zoom and, you know, virtual is all great, but, um, in person, there's nothing like it. So, uh, that being said, let's fire this up. Let's get Sean in here. Um, Sean Christopher, Ollie stone began his spiritual quest at 10 years old when his father took him to Tibet, Nepal, and India to illuminate the stark contrast between those worlds and Hollywood, where he had been a child actor in Oliver Stone films like JFK, The Doors, and Natural Born Killers. Doors being one of my favorite movies of all time. Sean took summer jobs for Jim Brown's American program and saved the children while still in high school, then studied American history at Princeton University and Oxford before writing his senior thesis on the modern history of the New World Order, <laughs> now available from Trine Day and Amazon. Sean began his own filmmaking career by apprenticing under his father on Alexander, shooting the behind-the-scenes documentary Fight Against Time. On the film, Sean worked on the film W, uh, Sean worked as an editorial consultant and on the TV series The Untold History of the United States as an associate editor. Sean has starred in and directed his first feature film, Greystone Park, in 2012, based on his real-life paranormal experiences in a haunted mental hospital. In 2020, he published the cosmic fairy tale uh, Desiderata by Ollie, now available from Blackstone and Audible. His most recent release is the poetry book, The Ephem Ephemeral Shades of Time. His poetry was turned into an album on iTunes and Spotify, Alien Spirit, featuring the music of Michelle Huyen, if I said that right. Uh, Sean Stone is a graduate of the Baron Brown Studio and has starred in multiple features, including Nightwalk, Union Bound, and Fury of the Fist, and The Golden Fleece, which he also wrote. He has directed the documentaries A Century of War, Hollywood, DC, and Metal Human with Deepak Chopra. He also produced the documentary The Paradigm of Money about Wall Street corruption and collusion with the U.S. government. 
His limited docu-series, Best Kept Secret, explores the dark side of the Western elite's manipulation and control of humanity. His short films include Singularity, a dystopian warning about a plague that leads to a totalitarian surveillance state, as well as the short film Anarkali. Did I say that right? With Bollywood star Javid Joffrey, adapted from the fairy tale of a kept woman seeking her independence in modern Mumbai. Sean has hosted the reality show Conspiracy Theory with Jesse Ventura, the interview program Buzzsaw, formerly on Gaia TV, and the RT News show Watching the Hawks. And Sean, I believe, are you on uh, Iconic now? Uh, I, I believe so. Uh, but Bear, uh, we've been following Sean's work for a long, long time. Uh, this is going to be a fun one today. Yeah, Sean, uh, really delighted that you're making the time for us today. So thank you. Uh, I've enjoyed your work uh, for quite a while. I think you might be on mute there. No, okay. I'm not muted. No, I was just going to say, I think Mike, oh, I okay. said a shorter version of my bio. <laughs> you got the long, you got a whole little long one. <laughs> That was uh, that was my uh, fault there. I, I wrote up the newsletter and I didn't want to mess anything up. So I just uh, grabbed the whole thing there. Usually I'm a little more original with those. But but anyway, uh, it's good, though, because our audience, uh, I'm sure most people already uh, are quite familiar with you. But it's good for the rest of the folks to just realize the, the depth and breadth of your work. And um, yeah, just just happy to be here. Uh, have you here with us. And thank you. So, um, you know, we we touch on a lot of subjects. Um, we don't often get into current events. You know, Mike and I behind the scenes for many years have gone down every rabbit hole and entertained uh, every bit of uh, we'll call alternative uh, information. And uh, so what we enjoy about your work, especially is that you're um, a polished historian and also very much abreast of what's going on in the world. But what I especially appreciate is that you uh, couch it in a, a context of, um, you know, more the qualitative or the essence of things or what we might even call the, you know, the spiritual context. And uh, what we try to do on this station is, you know, we entertain all sorts of subjects, but it's mostly about solutions. So maybe we can talk about some current events uh, within that uh, context of, all right, what's going on about it. You know, I'm very encouraged. I've uh, started my little journey, you know, way back in the early 70s, you know, finding out about all these things and was one of those uh, accused conspiracy theorists, but everything's, uh, you know, come true. Uh, but what's uh, really uh, gratifying now is so many people are just talking openly about all these things that some of us have known for a long time. The one issue that I'm seeing uh, really become prominent now, though, is that the, the balkanization efforts have also creeped into, um, you know, the, the truth movement. And I sit back and witness on our own platforms a lot of times that everybody's accusing everybody else of being controlled opposition. <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, there's, uh, you know, obviously a lot of controlled opposition, but I also see that they... Uh, work in our favor too, because they are often provide a gateway for newbies into, you know, what's going on in the world and then get their eyes open and investigate further. So I think it's all good, uh, you know, regardless of your true intention. So um, maybe if you could start off by telling us a little bit about some of your projects, and then we can get into any kind of uh, subject matter you care to. And uh, we can just use uh, 
that is a, uh, just sort of a segue into the larger discussion. Um, I know you've got a new docu-series, uh, Best Kept Secret. I'd like to know more about that myself. So if that's a good starting place, uh, go for it. Other, otherwise, uh, wherever you'd like. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, Best Kept Secret's been out for a year now. It's, you know, we've gotten viewership in like 90 countries around the world. And uh, it's, you know, it's all just been independent, right? Like we're not on any major streaming platform. We're just on Vimeo On Demand. And so, uh, but people can can get it through my website. SeanStone.info is always the best place to, to find my my links to my work. But the docuseries um, is basically about how the elite, uh, the, the so-called elite, the dark elite, you know, use uh, mind control, um, human trafficking, uh, the transhuman agenda. I mean, it's like it's six part series. So it goes into like different layers and levels of, of again, like case studies that we can really look to as more provable of how how they operate, you know, whether it's Kathy O'Brien's story or um, the Franklin scandal as like examples of elite pedophilia being then being covered up. Uh, Epstein, obviously, we get into a little bit, although like there's this one meme it's like you know the the most closely guarded document in washington is epstein's uh you know flight logs and client lists and you know <laughs> what happened obviously epstein was probably running blackmail operations as a uh, whitney webb has done to to massive books on some of that you know how the politics really operate in washington is through blackmail as we know but epstein had a lot of video recordings and uh, going on he had all his you know his, uh, his house was like wired and it was you know rigged with camps hidden cameras so great material for blackmailing you know whether it's Ehud Barak the former, former uh, prime minister of uh, Israel or Clinton or uh, um, you know anyone else that obviously came across his, his path that he was like it's it's like a spider's web right of just everyone that he was working with including Bill Gates and many others that uh, courted him and you know so it's it's a it's a, it's a, it's a warped world for sure uh, and then, you know, speaking of which, we get into the transhuman agenda, which is really this total control of the human. So it's like mind control operates on different layers. There's the perceptual mind control, which has been disseminated through media since inception. People were like, well, the news used to be legit. I'm like, well, there have always been good journalists, but the news was never legit because it was always since its inception, it was designed by the intelligence agencies like BBC was evolved from, you know, basically as British intelligence, all the made, you know, these, the, the three letter, you know, networks, the CBS, NBC, ABCs, they were born basically from the world of OSS, which was our, you know, for the four, uh, what's it called? The forerunner, the precursor to the CIA. And, you know, it was always around like Bernays, you know, put it very early on, who's the father of PR, right? Bernays was like, well, propaganda is an ugly word, so we're going to call it public relations. <laughs> so it's always been about that, right? It's always been about seeding things into the public mind, you know, having dissemination of certain ideas, right? Certain paradigms that could be done through music, through through film, through TV. And, um, and, and so going back to this issue of like controlled opposition, like, I mean, I've seen it my whole life because there have been accusations. My father has controlled opposition. You know, he's accusations like he's cia or he's protecting you know israel because he didn't accuse the israelis of killing kennedy and it's like you have to understand our world is infiltrated financially from the very top right our economic systems our government like the government as i, I'm, I understand the government is basically 40 percent of our gdp the federal government right in terms of its spending 
So it's contracting with, you name it, big pharma, military industrial complex. I mean, it's taking out loans, obviously, from the Federal Reserve. It's you know, essentially, you know, creating through its, the pumping, the I mean, what do they call it? The Q1s and all this, the easing. I mean, it's basically controlling the money supply. So, you know, the government has had its hand in everything. That doesn't mean that the government is one monolithic thing either, right? There are different agendas. There are people with different, you know, intentions. And so we talk about the dark elite and it does operate like a cult. And we can see like certain examples of that, you know, in the gatherings of like the Bohemian Grove. But it doesn't mean that everyone that shows up to the Grove is part of it. It's just like that's one expression of maybe the, the deeper ideology, which is a mock human sacrifice. That's what happens in the Grove, right? They have this cremation of care ceremony that Alex Jones, you know, documented. Now he's in later years, like I was basically invited to expose it. Like he may have not even known what he was doing at the time. So it's very difficult to say like, this is just simply controlled, like black versus white. You're a controlled opposition. It doesn't mean that you're bad. There's a lot of, like, there are a lot of people that are believers, you know, and that's what they're doing. And they may be getting money from, I don't know, from someone through the intelligence world or, you know, you name it. Like I was working for RT for, for, for a few years. It doesn't mean I'm, you could say I'm a Russian agent. Well, no, my ideology is what I've grown up with over the course of my life. And the stories that interest me are the things that I've pursued as a, as a, as a host, as an interviewer. And, you know, but again, like if you want to simplify it, be like, oh, well, Sean's a Russian agent. That makes him disinfo. See, that's how, that's how the game works. If you don't, if you can't see the nuance that people actually are oftentimes trying to, trying to get to the truth. The truth is like Churchill said, you know, it's, you basically have need a bodyguard of lies to protect it. <laughs> so it's it's very difficult to ever get to the truth on anything, you know, be it 9-11, the Kennedy assassination, and those are major events, you know, like what's happening right now, you know, just in terms of our own reality, the place of, can we even accept that the vaccines are dangerous? <laughs> like, it's just, I mean, they're not even vaccines, right? The, the mRNA gene therapy is dangerous. Like a lot of people can, but not everyone. <laughs> So you're still in this place of people who are total like, hey, no, it's saved lives, <laughs> right? And it saved tens of millions of lives. You know, it's just, it's very difficult to ever get to a consensus. And even if you did get to a consensus, it doesn't mean that it's true. Yeah. And all we want is, of course, freedom of choice. Um, you know, having spent my life in the, in a medical practice, um, you know, you learn that everybody has different needs and belief systems. So you you take people and you support them uh, with where they're at. But of course, we have, uh, you know, the the controllers out there that are controlling both sides as far as uh, demonizing one side for not doing this and then playing to the fears of the other side. You know, I have uh, um, actually two good friends that yearly go to the uh, Grove, the Bohemian Grove. Uh, one was uh, a client of mine back in my practice years, and he's a well-known musician. And the other one is uh, just comes from a, a very um, well-heeled family line, we'll just say, you know. And um, so I've talked to them at length, uh, both of them, and and they're definitely not in the little place where they're doing whatever. You know, they go because it's just sort of a club, but they aren't sacrificing babies or or doing any weird stuff. In fact, they were kind of clueless that all that was going on in the first place. But if you were to um, hear that so-and-so was uh, 
you know, attending those meetings annually, you, of course, jump to a lot of conclusions. Well, and it's the occult is just means hidden and it doesn't mean dark. And there's a lot of I like what Sean says. There's nuance here. We're all individuated consciousness that are trying to explore and find our own truth. And if you believe in the soul contract idea and that we sign up for a specific role, there's even the idea that Hitler himself signed up for that to play a role to cause for specific evolution of consciousness. So when you start to look at good versus evil and the objectification of that and actually start to see the nuance and that's everything's more in the grays and everything <laughs> gray aliens, but no, everything is more of a progression towards, you know, one side or the other, but never actually there. Um, that's also with truth. I think we're always reaching for it, but I don't know. Can we ever find the objective truth? That's something that has actually I've toiled with since I was a very, very young child, uh, you know, thinking, Hey, when I die, will some, will Peter at the gates tell me, okay, this is actually what all happened, right? This is how JFK died. This is what happened with the towers. Okay, you get all this stuff, or is that not actually the reality that everything is shifting and changing because literally our collective consciousness shifts? That's why we have stuff like um, what's the effect where the past changes? We've done shows on it, Bear. Um, uh, what's it called? Effect. Um, what's that? Mandela. Mandela. Thank you. The Mandela effect and and all these things is reality. You know, much more plastic and malleable, and in that sense. The occult, of course, is um, different groups trying to, you know, come closer to that and hiding it because they are worried the profane will get access to certain powers and uh, potentially, you know, access realms that could hurt themselves. And of course, there are black magicians that are doing really dark stuff, too, of course. But yeah, there's a lot of nuance. Uh, Sean, have you ever... Um, actually personally experienced uh, anything where you've seen some like black magician, dark, evil stuff? Oh, yeah. No, I, I mean, I'm very, <laughs> I was initiated uh, in many ways at that time period of uh, like right before 2012, um, three years of basically initiation into the, the multidimensional aspect of our reality. And um, I did a film called Greystone Park, which was uh, uh, my first feature film that was about our journey into this abandoned mental hospital. But it was really like realizing the power of the mind and fear and how the dark uses our fear to basically manifest things, right? So it's like the more that we're in a low vibrational state, like we then manifest our fears, whereas when you actually raise your vibration, you can actually like transform and obliterate the darkness. But that's a lot of what the dark side does is it creates conditions of fear and it, it puts it out through media, right? That's why media is always fixated on what? like the next virus, the next food shortage, the next war, the next <laughs> whatever, you know, political issue. This this politician is doing that. Be afraid, be angry, right? So all low vibrational stuff to so then manifest more uh, chaos, essentially. And uh, and then like, you know, the heart-based is aligned. It's self-empowering. Doesn't it, it needs less, right? As opposed to what they want, which is a matrix where you're constantly feeling disempowered so you want to consume more right it's like go out there and fill yourself with this this shopping trip this food that whatever that that sex object this that da, 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 all that external to you so that was an initiation for me in that time period and it's a lifelong process of continuing to work on these things obviously not to say like i'm a saint it's just working on the self and our own 
um, how do you say, self-responsibility, self-sovereignty, self-sourcing of power energy. So yeah, we have a landscape basically that is designed to disempower. And you know, you were mentioning about the uh, your you know people you know that went to the club, and it's like just curious where their energy is because you become more sensitive to things you see through dimensionally you understand like wow this is a dark space it may not look it but you sense it like you start to intuit things you start to tap into like whatever it may be dream space and sometimes like I, i'm not someone that says like avoid the darkness i'm more like okay can i handle this can i actually like interface with it or is it overwhelming and chaotic because they're very powerful vortexes that, are, that bring up a lot <laughs> and you know it's very healthy as well those are initiatory too so i'm just curious when people say like oh i didn't realize this was, this was happening it's just like well is that your own like your own inability to perceive is that your own like blinders or you're just not meant to see right sometimes sometimes you're not meant to see what's right in front of you so you go along with the magic trick right for the next trick let me pull this rabbit out of my hat oh my god he's a magician it's like no that was all set up <laughs> so you know again there is this interesting like ability for that we're looking like we're living through it right now right i mean there are people that literally cannot see what's happening with this mass covid operation right like a lot of us saw through it like day one for me i saw through it. i didn't see through it like i basically one of the first like when things locked down in la i was like this feels very necessary. It actually is good to take a pause. Sometimes you got to shut the machine down. It feels very healthy. But I also saw like the fear, basically like the fear virus and like COVID basically is fear. And that's why a lot of people describe their experiences with battling with it as like a spiritual battle, like very like demonic energy around it. It's like, it's to me, it's everything manifests dimensionally. So you don't just get sick. It's like, there's a spiritual battle going on in your being emotional spiritual it plays out in the physical body right the same as all things in life so if you can't perceive what's you know what's going on energetically around you then you're just limited to the three-dimensional world and that's like walking around blind right so with like COVID, it was like okay seeing through like this is a fear virus maybe there's a pause like a healthy pause to take here but then by the you know after like few weeks or a month it was like okay this this needs to we need to come back to like society we need to come back to like health our bodies sunshine like recognizing that we you know we can we can use the pause as a you know a positive but let's not get into this fear and then people were just into the fear they were into the masking they were into the distancing shutting down being afraid i'm like okay this is not healthy <laughs> this has nothing to do with health you're in health when your vibration is high, right? You're not in health when you're in fear, locked down, unable to fully breathe, <laughs> right? So that's that's kind of a mass operation. But to this day, there are people that are like ready to like jump back into masking and ready to take the next booster. And, you know, you talk about like sudden deaths and they're like, oh, well, that always happened. <laughs> so it's just like, you know, well, you it's, it's become more of a political statement, I think, rather than a safety concern as far as the people that are wearing the mask. They really embrace that. I think a lot of these folks really don't want to show themselves either. Hmm. Um, it did. I think it was a. I think it was a political statement more last year. It was mm -hmm. uh, 21, 21, Actually, I would say twenty one, especially 
like into 22 was a lot of political statement because at that point they'd already had their shot and they're like okay so what are you doing now you know you're just making a political statement now i feel like it's more of a people that are just in fear and i feel like a mm -hmm. lot of empathy because i'm like okay they probably are just such fear that they can't they can't take it off they can't go back to normal or whatever normal condition no too too you know it's just become a way of life for them and it's become just a habit of feeling comfortable it's like with the tsa with the body scanners those weren't supposed to be here forever and you know now everybody just goes puts their hands up i submit to the state you know radiate my heart <laughs> and stuff i, I refuse to go through those by the way i will take the tranny pat down over that anytime <laughs> i got the pre-check pre for that reason but like yeah, so yeah no, as soon as that, I hated it. I hated it. Because basically what you're doing is as soon as you do this is you're basically saying I'm guilty. What is the first thing they tell you when you when when they're like trying to arrest you, right? It's like hands up. That's what they want to do. Go hands up, hands up. Um in a in a mode of obedience, right? And fear, disempowerment. Yeah, exactly. And now you know in the airports they have the retina scan, which is the new hip tech where people have opted in for that or it's because it's faster and easier so now literally minority report style retina scans which are going into a database i'm like i'm like i wanted to shout when i was coming back from austin last week from greater reset when i saw all these people lining up for that have you not seen minority report go watch that movie <laughs> they forgot that's the point you know we're already in the place of just forget you know it's interesting because there is a generational thing that takes place, right? There is like generational thing. And I, I could get it because thankfully I didn't have, I, I actually had a lot more recall than most people because I'm a, I studied history. So for me, it was always like, go back, you know, go back to this era, go back to the next era, go back to this era. But people don't have that. And especially now with kids, you know, they're like, they're growing up in the wake of 9-11. <laughs> they don't even know what the world is like pre-2000, <laughs> right? <laughs> Zeros and, and whatnot, even the early, the late millennials, you know, they have no recollection of that world pre-cell phones. And you get all these people like, well, my infant is, you know, six months old is on their cell phone. You're seeing they're going like, <laughs> the cyborgs, you know, they really, they're grooming, they are grooming that generation to become, not this one, but basically the next one or the following to become cyborgs. Well, well they're electronic nets or electronic overlays that, of course, screen out those those higher, uh, you know, impulses that would normally come through our consciousness. You know, in my years of practice, one thing uh, I was convinced of, uh, you know, after being out there for a, a good amount of years is that um, symptoms, disease, illness, uh, regardless of what your theory is, is what causes it. Um, matter form always follows energy. And what I came to realize is that all of these symptoms were actually an overlay in the consciousness. And uh, we actually developed ways to dissipate that. And then of course, biology, physiology would follow when those higher impulses were allowed to come through unfiltered. And so that gets more into the realm of, I think what some people call black magic and uh, which I've seen in action firsthand. And so what we see now is a technologically assisted black magic where not only are they using the uh, machinery of our own psyche against us, but they're also uh, creating these overlays through electronics, Wi-Fi and so forth. 
and at the same time altering our DNA so those little antennas can't pick up uh, the you know the normal um, frequencies that would inspire us to be a little better than the animal kingdom. So um, what do you think about all that? Hmm. Now, I mean, look, it's, it's all resonant as far as the overall agenda of the transhumanism to me is to remake the human essentially, right? And to like get, you know, this, this arrogance, this hubris, it's a religion essentially that you can, you know, you don't believe that nature is made good, right? As they say in the Bible, right? Like that man is made good. Like everything is made good in the sense of like it fits. There is a harmony. We're starting with genetic modification of crops and seeds and now to the human. It's like, oh no, we're going to, we're going to make this better. And they're doing the same thing with the skies, with the chemtrailing and all this. And it's like, they're like terraforming this place <laughs> for a new human or something non-human. You know something other that's their arrogance that's their hubris to remake the planet i would say as uh what purposes for any number of purposes from the occult level or the energetic level maybe for feeding right they can more readily feed on our energy <laughs> and uh, uh, control us at a physical level because we're basically uh you know again that which you create you can better understand right so if they can alter us potentially you know we know that going back to like the 60s and 70s, Delgado and others at the CIA doing mind control research were already talking about like chipping and being able to basically like alter, you name it, like they could stop a bull in its tracks with chips and radio waves, right? Radio frequencies. So why not essentially as even Yuri Geller, right? The famous psychic mystic himself who had talked about like he's like the spike protein of the coronavirus looks like it has antennas it's like the spikes look like little antennas like what if whoever designed this essentially is still able to communicate and essentially uh the, the antenna becomes a receiver right so you can who knows what <laughs> direct it affect potentially affect the the person that it's in if this the spike protein goes into the brain cells or certain areas you can who knows mind control the person it's just like it's very speculative because we don't know this technology but these things like people think oh, this is so far out this has been studied for 70 plus years within these within not just within the cia but then like outsourced to the uh, subcontractors right which are the major industrial complex you know sorry military industrial complex the major corporations you know like uh booz allen hamilton and others right these companies have been around for 70 plus years studying experimenting with access to billions and billions, if not trillions of dollars in that time period, you don't think that they've accomplished certain things. I mean, people have to really be stupid to not realize that the government that we see is literally a puppet show. Like 70 plus years ago, we had rocket technology. And you still think that that's all we've got is rocket technology. <laughs> it's like people really just don't get it. They just think that in all this time, the technology of their smartphone just gets smaller. And that's basically the only innovation that happens. Computers are getting smaller. That's the only innovation that's happened in like the last 70 plus years. I mean, it's just like, it's so, it's so unbelievable to me that we talk about cloning. We talk about cloning sheep and stuff in the nineties. And, and then we talk about like, well, you know, some of these people could be clones and, you know, and they're like, oh, that's, that's impossible. That's implausible. It's like, no, it's, it's very plausible. You just, you think that what you see is what you get. And like I said, the magician just pulled a rabbit out of the hat. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's magic. No, it's not magic. It was planned. It was prepared. It was staged. 
Yeah. And they, I they, think it goes back. Go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say Biden, you know, the sniffer in chief, he doesn't even uh, do meetings in the White House. And it's they've made that very clear. It's a fake set across the street. And they've probably been doing that kind of stuff for a long time. And now they're just all out in the open about it. And, you know, probably because he is that is a clone and there are certain rules they have to abide by. He's, pr he's not the official actual uh, commander in chief, so he cannot actually be in the White House. So they have to use a fake set across the street. And I know probably I've seen really good videos about Barack Obama's clones and the weird scars on his head and all this stuff yeah. and the earlobe stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're just becoming sloppy because I don't think they really care much anymore. <laughs> it's like, right. you know, and then with all the, all the AI fake, um, you know, uh, you know, face recognition stuff they can do now and like there's some horrendous things coming out about ai with pornography right now that's so frightening where really? um, so. yeah uh so yeah it's all an illusion and that's why bear and i stress to our community so much the the power of the internal the internal is fundamental it precedes the external and when we really understand that like communication uh, intention and all of that when we set our intention in the internal that actually precedes the external and that is what they're always always trying to manipulate and control and get us to forget mm -hmm. but barry you're going to say something well i was just going to say that uh you know this whole thing goes way back and um you know i was alluding to how uh actual overlays create these false realities that you know we can't see through but when you go back to the, the days of the early alchemists and, and even before that, they were very adept at um, manipulating the subtle planes. And, uh, you know, Sean, you mentioned that there are different factions within government and so forth. And, you know, to, today we have a great uh, tendency to blame certain groups. Oh, it's the Masons. Oh, it's the Jews. Oh, it's, the, you know, whatever. And uh, in fact, um, you know, if you, you go back in time, uh, all these different groups, even that are misusing uh, knowledge now, you know, they're actually uh, borrowing from what is uh, just universal truths and, and, and a complete science. Now, the difference between the early alchemists is all of them were in, uh, involved in the healing arts, and that's why they're really progressing their disciplines. And now those same principles are being weaponized just like the the same principles that the, the say the masons use you know it's not like it's all evil it's just it's knowledge and you can use knowledge in in any direction that you like <laughs> well uh yeah no i mean it's it it goes back to prometheus you know the mythology of prometheus which i put into my documentary a century of war um and it's like technology essentially is everything that we create here is technology right and it can be used to benefit. It can be used to harm. Uh, the same with AI, frankly. A lot of people that you know that are kind of part of the, you could say, like the awakening, are oftentimes like, "Oh, the AI is so dangerous; it's going to destroy us." And like, well, that's depends on who program who programs the AI. Ultimately, the AI still is dependent upon programming, upon human uh, consciousness to interface with it. And so, we're already interacting with certain forms of AI. You know, people think AI is self-awareness which is obviously not artificial you know it doesn't have to, like doesn't have to be i don't know that ai will ever become fully self-aware in the same way that a human is self-aware 
like it's to me it's just it's different beings right so it's like saying like a, a dog self-awareness is not the same self-awareness as a human i don't know that consciousness or the spirit that animates us and living things right that animates the world can that spirit animate ai in the same way like a robot in the same way i'm not so sure about that i think that that's maybe part of the transhuman agenda is being able to use the human spirit in a roboticized form so that basically the human spirit becomes the motor by which the ai becomes self-aware because i don't think you can actually transmit spirit right consciousness into an inanimate object yeah and especially since the materialist scientism folks they actually still believe consciousness is in some somehow inside the brain it's neurons and stuff when even like uh, rupert sheldrake is amazing with his morphic resonance theory showing that actually no memory itself is in a field and there has to do with the life principle and we haven't put our finger on that. Now, the alchemists understood that, the quintessence, they understood that there was an actual etheric energy that comes with life. And that life principle, which comes from the upper octaves of reality, cannot translate into a silicon-based, you know, digital simulacrum ever. It'll, always, it'll get closer and closer as a fakery, as a replication. But as you're saying, Sean, it has to be programmed by something with that life, that life instilled in it. And that is what the material, that is what I think will be the great, great downfall of the materialists, of those who are trying in the scientism realm to try to control us, is their denial of that. And I think uh, in the end, life always wins, nature always wins, whether that's a reset, which I think actually why we've had a lot of these resets, because because of the hubris of the materialists, mm-hmm. eventually God just bit slaps the world and says, enough. And, you know, I will shift the poles. <laughs> right, um, right. What is your thinking on, by the way, Bear and I wanted, we were talking about this before the show. Um, there's a lot of people that have theories about the pole shift and 2040 has been thrown out by different people we've had on this show. Uh, Suspicious Observers channel talks about the plasma with the sun and uh, you've got archaics. With Jason Brashears is pretty sure 2040 is going to be, you know, the big event. Um, uh, Die Hold Foundation talks about that around the same time coming from a biblical place. Um, have you had guests on and discussed this? Just wondering what your take is on this idea of a pole shift. Yeah, no, it's interesting. I mean, uh, the poles already shifted. Like, it's already moving. I think the the, the, the north, I can't remember, if it's the true north, the north pole, basically. It's the true north, I believe, is like shifted towards Siberia. It's over like near Norway now or something. I mean, that was a few years ago. We talked about this. And and then there's the core shifting, right? Which was, I was told recently, like there's been like some wackiness with the core, with the earth's core, like actually like rotating and shifting. So um, I'm not particularly like panicked about a, a core flip, let's say like going on in the end of the world, kind of the after tomorrow scenario, right? Um, maybe we'll see elements of it. I mean, a lot of people have talked about like, you know, the sinking of California and the West Coast as like, you know, as part of that process. A lot of people have foreseen that exact, you know, thing happening. But again, it's like, it's so speculative. (laughs) I don't like to be too speculative. You know, I just, I I really believe more that there is an active, I'm I'm positive there is an activation of the earth. And that I think that's what we'll see with the Schumann resonance spikes, and we'll see increasingly act- increasing activity from the Earth. Um, 
So as the earth activates, it is in relationship to solar activity, I believe, like the sun is essentially communicating to us, right, and to all things that are essentially spawned from it, right, uh, including the earth, like it's like signaling, okay, it's time. And so there is this, there is an activation of the earth. That's why we're shifting into this, you know, this so-called Aquarian age, but it's going to be like more energetically fluid, more energetic, energetically connected. Um, there can be a dying off that accompanies it. So yes, some of these major earth climactic events, you know, the climate change <laughs> is part of it. All will, all is happening. It will, it will intensify in moments perhaps, but as far as like dates and stuff, I really, I wouldn't have any idea. A lot of people talked about like 2050 is like the year that like, that's what they're really, the elites are really preparing for is 2050. And I don't know. I just go off my intuition where to be, <laughs> what to do. And it's more like, you know, the universe guides us, right? Where each of us needs to be if we stay organic. That's the main thing. The main message is like, stay organic. Don't go with this, this agenda of mutating the body, allowing yourself to be genetic, genetically mutated, eating genetically modified foods, all these things. Just like stay organic as possible so that you can really tune in to the earth's resonance as it activates and as we rise energetically in this time period. Yeah. And, and that's when you get into a lot more of the separation, you know, within the, I don't know what to call it, the truth community, you know, in and of itself, you have the, the preppers that are looking for the safe place and having their food stored. And I get questions, Mike and I both uh, from people all over the place They say, well, where do you think is the best place to be? And, you know, and I just say wherever you're supposed to be. And, you know, maybe with these timelines, maybe we have something to say about that, too. You know, if we are truly powerful spiritual beings and co-creators and uh, with our very consciousness that, you know, if you uh, get into the understanding of waveform physics and that we are actually creating our reality moment by moment, and maybe collectively, uh, you know, we need to start thinking for ourselves and listening to anybody period uh especially waiting for a certain date to happen well edgar casey was super on point obviously showed that he really was tapping into the akashic or some etheric field because of his health readings but he had claimed that the west coast of california was going to um, basically be sunk by i think the late 90s early 2000s. And obviously that didn't happen. So some people talk about timeline shifting and breaking mm -hmm. off. I'm not a huge fan of that. I believe more like what Bear's saying is that the collective consciousness shapes the realm. Mm -hmm. And so we have power over the physical once again. And uh, you know, he he predicted the Bimini wall being discovered. So, I mean, like a lot of stuff's happened that he predicted, but it's interesting that this more cataclysmic stuff hasn't happened. So there is that notion of a new age coming in, right? Um, Jay Widener talks about how there's like a war going on right now between the Pisceans and the Aquarians. Oh, yeah. And that's what we're, that's what we're seeing right now. And these are interesting <laughs> ideas that maybe those that are really in tune with the Aquarian consciousness will actually shift, you know, and we won't have that cataclysm. Whereas the Pisceans got their way, they would destroy the world because they're <laughs> going out with it. Right. So it's an interesting idea. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's <laughs> cool. I didn't know about the uh, 
you know, the idea of the Piscean's versus the Aquarians, but um, it certainly does make sense as far as like the different modalities of, of thinking. So going back to like the beginning of this conversation, you asked about best kept secret and it's like, it's very much how that modality of Piscean schooling is, con- is concerned. They want control, right? So it's like, you know, you have to be in a school, you have to be under control. They have authority figures and, you know, it's been 2000 years of authority figures, predominantly the Catholic church was the major authority figure, let's say in the Western world and in, in, into the Americas. And, you know, that became, you know, that was the priest and it was like, you know, then the Pope had to give you benediction and salvation and all these things. Right. And then they excommunicate you. And then that modality, that mindset got shift, got interpolated into law, you know, the whole legal structure is the same principles, right. Of, of a judge that basically sits in, in judgment over you and, you know, determines your fate as opposed to like indigenous cultures that, they're like, we never, you know, some of them, not all, obviously there's many different cultures, but like a lot of the reports would be like, they never had to exile anyone. Although, you know, you could say like the Athenians and others would exile you for certain crimes or kill you for certain crimes. For the most part, like the indigenous cultures were more like, it was not about shaming you. It was really more about like, just, okay, let's, how do we make you recognize maybe like something that was hurtful or you did wrong and we can maybe bring love and more awareness to it. And uh, for the most part, they, I think in that psychology, they kind of, you could say they externalized some of the violence when it came to violence. Not every tribe, obviously, in indigenous cultures were violent, but those that were obviously externalized, but they never like robbed or stole or killed each other, right? So it's interesting. We're in this time period now where it's like, it's taking this Piscean idea of authority and like, you know, how do you, how do you, how do you do that when you have a globalized society, which is where we are, right? I mean, it's always been the problem of the last few thousand years is how these different cultures relate and how like Rome basically had to, expand and, and, and impose its laws and its religion over people in order to actually like get them to fall into line but now you're in this place where religious authority is breaking down and so you're left with kind of legal authorities and so you know then they want to shift the legal authority into into science right so it's going to become the fourth industrial revolution right which is going to be a mixture of like law and science so whether it's vaccine passports to travel or you name it you know gas you know carbon emissions to to decide i mean this is all piscean modalities of controlling people in terms of where you go what you do and the best kept secret docuseries was all about that exposing the the mindset the power structures of the elite how they 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 essentially see the human as a slave right to be ruled over and the aquarian is not about that the aquarian is about sovereignty the aquarian is about active operating from the heart right from relating from realizing that like aside from murder or, or or theft right they're really like all crimes essentially beyond that are misdemeanors <laughs> right they're like this they're things that can be they can be worked through that you can make amends for even theft you can make amends for unless you steal life right or, or steal someone's you know virginity or something like this you know a rape for example but like everything else can be made amends for and so these you know this this sort of the shift in, in consciousness is taking place but it's coming through in this weird way that's why you get like you know, even within the movements, it's like, okay, like you talk about the, the conscious community or like the Patriot movement or whatnot. And then like, you get people that are like, but the only way forward is through Jesus. It's like, well, Jesus as, a, as, a, as, a, as an emanate, as an emanation or embodiment of this, of this spirit we're talking about of love and charity and mercy and right. But not as you have to get down in your knees and worship, because that's not where we're going. <laughs> we're not, we're going past this idea of lordship and underling. Like, no, we are all 
you know, Christ, we all have the ability to be Christ and we all have the spirit of Christ within us. We all have the spirit of God within us. No one is above and anyone else. So we have to get past this, this, this psychology, right? And that's the old Piscean authority concept. So here we are, like it's the seeds are there. It's like starting to come through. It's just, what do you do with this overlay of a financial legal authoritarian system <laughs> that, that that's like you know it's just kind of stuck right you got to like break through it and hopefully the universe is working with us to do it well they're all the systems are crumbling right now so it's uh you know proof that um the end is uh you know near for the things that are not coinciding with the larger patterns of nature uh nature but uh you know it's also could wreak a lot of havoc on a lot of folks at the same time so uh i i i'm very encouraged you know because if you look at more and more people drafting you know the the natural law we'll say of the universe um it really is bringing us to that critical mass so we don't have to wait for everybody to catch on or have the same belief or or think that we're ahead or behind of anybody. It's it's just a natural phenomena that's uh, you know I think very very in our face right now that things are changing. So I don't see how we, other than you know taking just practical measures to make sure that your own affairs are such that you won't go down with the ship. Uh, you know I'm I'm very encouraged to, from what I see out there. You know when you I always use the example when you treat a sick body. Uh, body's been sick for a long time. Uh, a lot of things come to the surface and things look worse before they get better. And I think that's the exact stage that we're at right now. Right, true. Yeah, that, I don't know if you guys have heard, but the Bank of International Settlements, which is essentially connected to every single Federal Reserve uh, centralized bank, even the Bank of China, just announced that there's a, a, a they just discovered a hundred trillion in new debt because of foreign currency swaps, which is a total scam. And it's just like, oh, another 100 trillion, 100 trillion in debt. That's that's more than I think the almost the entire world's GDP and GDP is a total fake stat too. But that is where we're at, Bear, when you're talking about like how it's just like right in our face in terms of the collapse of the system. I mean, once again, it's like they don't even care anymore. These, no. these numbers, these debt numbers are just so ridiculous it's like that's people don't point. even care anymore <laughs> I, but that's why i don't see it i don't think it's so that so much that you said like they're getting sloppy i don't think it's about sloppiness it's just the collective consciousness is the veil is lifting we get to see through the play now right we get to see through things more clearly more readily and um and yeah so like the whole idea of like okay 30 plus trillion dollars has been accrued by the u.s government in debt right so who's supposed to pay for that exactly <laughs> it's like it, it's obviously not going to be paid so what do we do now right so we move well then that. they have Rand paul come out and he's talking about you know his whole plan to do it and we're going to raise the debt ceiling but we're going to stop spending for the next seven years and it's like you know he's another puppet they put out on the stage to talk about that and when i say sloppy it's not because they don't care i think they have there's have so much um belief in their power now that they don't have to hide as much because they feel like they've won. They're, they're rolling out the whole, you know, totalitarian worldwide system because to be honest, a lot of people gave in on the, you know, the COVID hoax and they feel really empowered by it. And, um, but I also believe that will be their downfall. So 
uh, Sean, in terms of your, um, your, you know, what you're doing on your platform, Bear and I are big uh, fans of decentralization. And that is a very Aquarian mindset, right? Is, yeah. is taking care of everything yourself. Um, what's uh, you with your media uh, platform and everything? Are you seeing a lot of steps towards that? Are, are you feeling pretty empowered by where like alt media is going? Alt yeah. media and everything no, you've been I mean, up my- to in the last 10 years? My, 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 my perception is exactly decentralization of power structures is, is happening. It's very real. It's very important because it's not to say you have to do it all yourself. See, my vision is not so much like, it's just more holistic. It's more of the, the conception of like, we should be interfacing, interacting with people that we actually like, that we actually, you know, have mutual, you name it, understanding, uh, principles, right? Things like this. So we shouldn't, and this goes to everything, you know, to the idea of like, financing and and um trade i mean all these things you shouldn't have to like be in 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 agreement with you know people that are fundamentally pirates and scoundrels right and so the idea of like you have to contract with a bank to get money it's like what gives them the right why don't i have the right to to issue my own currency right (laughs) it's like all these things that i think in many ways but the cryptocurrencies are are creating the, 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 the paradigm shift, right? In relationship to, to economy. So I'm a big fan of all of it. And the same with media, it's, you know, you cut down a tree, you know, a hundred will grow and, you know, in its, in its place. It's like that principle, because you see it with people like, you know, Twitter, uh, Twitter was, was censoring people and, and YouTube was censoring people. So it's like, then you get, you know, the rumbles and the bit shoots and the rock fins and, you know, just go down the list, Brighton and, you know, like, you know, so you have to, you know, and it's cool because we have more platforms than ever to, to post to and to spread our word. Um, and at the same time, like there are those that still, you know, you, how do you say at some level, like there is still a mainstream, but it just feels like that's going to dwindle increasingly because it's ex- at every level, it's just going to continue to be exposed and exposed and exposed. People just get sick in the same way that they were when they were like, I'm leaving Disney plus or Netflix and, you know, not giving my consciousness because not to say there isn't some good programming there, but overall, like the frequency, the vibration of it is not high vibration. Well, it's just not fun anymore. Uh, you know, whereas interacting with real people i mean look at little podcasts like ours how many of them are there out there and you know we're totally kicking the crap out of the you know mainstream legacy media uh you know you clamp down financially you're just going to create black markets you know we have people to come work with us we do exchanges we're our whole program is uh you know prototype for decentralization we got the farm we grow our stuff we make stuff we engage in commerce and private so uh, yeah, they they're herding cats. You know, I think um, I don't think they're sloppy. I think uh, you know just because they're becoming more transparent, I think it's the Klingon warship uh, kind of scenario where you know they're making their move, and you know someday they're going to make their move uh, for total control. And I think that's right now. And and when you do that, then you have to just be visible to all. You know, when you're about to make that final shot, and I think that's what we're witnessing right now. They it's it's got to be known to everybody when they're out in the open just literally trying to get you yeah there is this idea though when you're countering natural law which obviously they do and you look at the sniffer in chief i mean how can that 
that thing be a, a president of the United States of America. That's why when I say sloppy, I just keep going to that. It's like, it's, it's an insane clown show, right? <laughs> and so there perfect. is a mental think... illness, a moral yeah. depravity that is the degradation of their systems that we all can see now. It's very obvious. Yeah. I think it's perfect. I mean, to me, there's no better way of showing the system for the fraud that it is than playing out the clown show. Because, you know, what, what you, by the way, we they call CIA agents clowns, right? <laughs> it feels like this is like really exposing how how these things are run. And, you know, you, if you're paying attention, you can see it, like whether it's the money trail through, you know, the Biden family doing their dirty deals with Ukraine and just, you know, they were using, I mean, Ukraine basically as a, as a, as a big place to launder money and from all the different foundations they were pouring money into, you know, and then our government obviously is sending off billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine, but it's not really going, I mean, most, let's say some of it's going to the, to weapons and to soldiers and whatnot, and a lot of it, maybe not. So it's just, it's always this interesting thing where those of us that have studied history understand this is not new. But here we are with normal people starting to interface and talk about it, right? And it's like when I was at my hairdresser two years ago and like the nail lady next to us was talking about all the, the elites doing human trafficking and drinking blood and stuff. It's like people are getting, people are waking up. <laughs> you can't stop that. You can't stop the awakening. Uh, since you bring up Ukraine, um, what have your studies revealed to you about maybe the lineage of Putin and, and uh, you know, his his whole family lines maybe going way back? And this is uh, something that's been playing out for a long time just between, you know, uh, obviously in, engaging, uh, you know, many, many factions within the world, but specifically with uh, Putin and, and maybe going back before the time when the, uh, you know, the czar was assassinated and his family and so anything you can shed light on with that whole game there? No, I don't know Putin's lineage in that sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I read some interesting things about that. And it, it looks like this is definitely, um, you know, been in the works for a long time. And, and, and you know, which it always uh, happens that there's a much deeper story. But uh, it's interesting now that you've got the same folks that are wearing the mask that are, you know, putting their little... Um, you know, Ukrainian flags on their Facebook page. And, and it's just all part of the same package. You know, when I was, um, I was always uh, growing up, you know, my childhood was in the fifties, but, you know, through high school and everything, I was always uh, uh, a JFK liberal and, and, you know, but we were allowed to think for ourselves. We didn't have, you know, a complete, uh, you know, thing that we had to adapt and, and, you know, you either believe in, in one or none of it. And, and that's what's interesting now is, is people really think they have to take the whole package and choose a side. Yeah, it's um, to me, it's the, the sides are interesting is it's very to me, it's very simple. It's like you're either a globalist or you're a patriot. And a lot of people are like, well, you know, you go against globalization. I'm like, there is an inevitability to globalization. It's always been a globalization aspect. It's about the globalists basically want corporate financial control of the planet they don't want the sovereignty of a nation state of what the united states guarantees basically which is an appreciation of our rights and someone puts me recently rights are rights they're not human rights okay now you now you qualify qualify your rights right 
or, or civil rights or whatever it is. No, we want we have rights, right? And it's very clear in our declaration. It's like the rights to free to liberty, to freedom, right? Uh, to to be able to pursue our happiness, right? Our um, so it's it's interesting that like people want to destroy America because America really is the only country that says your creator gave you these rights your creator is not the government. <laughs> so you can't take these rights away. And that's why the war is really to just, has been to erode the bill of rights, to erode the constitutional principles of our country, to take it over with this corporate government, which is the federal government. And to basically now usurp it even more with global governance, right? And corporations and things like this. So those are the instruments and the modality of that Piscean agenda. And no, we're just going to go back to our constitutional principles as, you know, as humans that are thankfully protected by, again, the guarantees within our constitution, but ultimately every human on the planet has those same rights if we assert them. So um, Mike and I are pretty much... Uh on a platform of political atheism. And, but when you look at the system and some of the prominent players out there, you got your Donalds and, and other folks, do you see any uh, people out there that would fit the description of a white hat? And I know uh, there are certain elements, uh, you know, within the community that really believe there's a plan and that, uh, you know, uh, things are kind of taking care of the military will step in. Um, what's your thoughts on all that? I don't have definitive thoughts on it because to me, it's always God's plan. And that's, what's fun is that <laughs> you know, people think they the yeah. dark side rules. I'm like, no, they don't. No, they don't. It's mm -hmm. ultimately, the, yeah, it's, it's God's, it's God's universe, natural, the natural law. So if you're going against natural law, you're going to suffer the consequence, you know, it's because there's always, there's always a consequence in nature. Right. And so, um, no, I mean, so Trump represents much more the nationalist principle. Um, and, you know, he's the perfect person to 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 basically start what he did, which is to destroy the system <laughs> first, because everything that's happened really to this day is still catalyzed by Trump. You know, the whole system exposing itself, trying to destroy him, trying to just turn him into Russiagate and this and that, all the allegations and then you know, the nonsense around January 6th and the rigged elections and, you know, you name it, the the Biden administration, all of this really that's being dredged up is a consequence of Trump as, you know, at least as a, as a you know, as a as a candidate and then as a president. So the president is not really in charge of the country. I mean, it's like the CEO of, you know, the president of a corporation, you know, is he really in charge of the company? No, he's a figurehead. He's there as, as you know, but the fact that what everything has been catalyzed by him is very much in keeping with the principles of what needs to play out through this time period. So to me, the, you know, the ultimate victory is going to be dismantling this, this federal system as it now stands, this corporate structure as it now stands and going back to a constitutional uh, Republic, which we are right. We're not this mob democracy, this woke mob democracy nonsense. And no, we're a constitutional Republic. Let's bring the power back to the people and to the States. That's first to the people, every one of us asserting our rights. And limiting the limiting the scope of the federal government, right? Now, you know, now you actually can do something. And honestly, the Second Amendment has been a big aspect of why they can't go as far as they really want here. Because it's guaranteed, you know, the militia is, 
is guaranteed our right to militia, <laughs> to, to an armed population yeah. that can that can defend and protect ourselves, right? So all these corporate structures, whether it's the police forces or you know the federal government, all these things, like they have to ultimately be dismantled and taken back to a, a constitutional republic where the power is with the people and within the states that we basically elect the community government, the, the state government. And ultimately, if you don't like the state, you, you can move. That's the beauty of 50 states. You can also uh, not play their game. You know, it is literally a corporation. And the only yeah. way that corporation, of course, can have any authority over you is if you contract with them and give them that authority. So more and more people are understanding that and, you know, taking back the the, the power of self-determination. And it goes back, of course, to decentralization that we're talking about, which is every community uh, re-engaging in this self-determination process. And then it really doesn't matter what a large corporation does, no matter how many weapons they have, because if nobody's playing with them, that's just that's just what's happening. Yeah, very well said. Well, and one would even say that a constitutional republic is kind of a Piscean concept because it still requires a government, which is government, mind control, which is, you know, like our friend Larkin Rose would have issues with that. Um, but that is a wonderful bridge towards the more Aquarian voluntarism, right? Um, and we would need to get there first, I think, to get you know, sort of uh, our ducks in order. And then as people start to actually grow up a little bit and start taking care of their own backyard, then we can start to move towards that true decentralized, non-governmental, voluntarist community society, which I even know the most stark voluntarists, I would question if they could envision how we could go right to voluntarism right now with the way society is. I think a constitutional republic is necessary as a bridge towards that. Um, interesting, interested in your thoughts on that bear, actually. <laughs> uh, well, the constitution, I don't believe has anything to do with me either. That's just a cyclone fence around Washington, DC. It doesn't give us any rights. It has, you know, it's really irrelevant. It's, I think it's important in that it does restrict the actions of a corporate government that would, you know, um, get out of control, but it's still up to us in the process of self-determination. The Bill of Rights, of course, was tacked on, uh, you know, in the uh, early revolutionary years, not as an amendment to the constitutions we're led to believe, but it's like, no, this is our document just to make sure you guys aren't going to, you yeah. know, uh, pull any shenanigans when you go off to the, uh, you know, Philadelphia there. So, yeah, constitutional republic, it's great. Uh, but again, it really doesn't have much to do with us, I don't think. Uh, Sean, where do you, any other yeah, no, different said, thoughts it's, it's on really, that? It's really just meant to be a, it's meant to be a foundational blueprint and a limitation on government. Obviously, it's been totally trampled mm -hmm. on abuse and usurped. But as you mentioned, Bill of Rights, I look at it, yes, Bill of Rights as part of the Constitution. Obviously, you're correct. It was a different faction. I think it was like what the, the John Adams and I'm not John, it was like the Henry Adams and people like that really that were mm -hmm. more... Mm -hmm. uh, skeptical of government in general, right? That were basically saying we need a Bill of Rights and they're correct. Although the Bill of Rights also got usurped because we got turned into citizens of the United States federal government when we weren't supposed to be. 14th we Amendment. We were supposed to, exactly. Once the Civil War ended, they said, oh, now we can turn you all into citizens, which means you're all basically <laughs> indentured servants. And we were not supposed to be that. We were supposed to be uh, at the best nationals of our state, right? 
uh, maybe citizens of our state, if anything, but essentially nationals born of our, you know, born on land in our states, represented by our states. We didn't, we were not supposed to belong to the federal government. And as a result, they've completely co-opted our constitution, created, you know, especially the commerce clause has been a, a great way for them to just grab everything they want because, oh, the roads go from the highways, which cross state lines. So now you're in federal jurisdiction and the road goes right to your door. And then we can go right into your, you know, right into your door, into your house because of that. And they've obviously, you know, then eroded all, all principles of privacy and, and uh, security within our persons. So it's, uh, it, yeah, I mean, look, it, it's it's been completely abused and tarnished, but going just the principle of a constitutional republic is is a good print, I think, a, a good concept for governing large masses of people because the problem with voluntarism as, as anyone knows, is that it's great for maybe a few thousand people at most. <laughs> it's it's kind of like what we were talking about before with indigenous cultures that, you know, we're able to sort of self-regulate and, you know, and, and, and maintain, you know, relationships within their society that are not abusive. Once you get to millions of people or hundreds of thousands of people, how do you do that? <laughs> right? I mean, that's where you end up with corporate systems because you're dealing with so many people. So again, that, that's where it's going to get tricky. I think the voluntarist uh, modality, barring a total shift in consciousness by everyone that remains on the planet at that point. Yeah. And I think we're engaged in a spiritual renaissance right now. And uh, that's the only way out of this is that everybody, you know, or individual by individual wakes up and takes responsibility. Yeah. By the way, is that a good place to end? Just because I got to jump off here in a second that actually that was perfect i was just about to ask you if there's any uh final comments or uh things that you'd like to talk about before we wind things up no i think it's a good a good ending point and just you know just recommending people can check out my work through seanstone.info um check out my documentaries my uh i do uh stuff on patreon like meditations i also offer like private consults so they can find it all there that's beautiful. And I'll make sure all of those links are in the show notes below. Please go support Sean uh, if you aren't already and engage with him in any way you can. And he's doing phenomenal work out there. And he's really walking the walk, walk and not just talking the talk. So uh, connect with Sean. And hey, Sean, thanks so much for the time today. We really appreciate you and everything you're doing, buddy. And uh, hope to see you in person again. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. So everybody, it. thanks. Thanks so much. Uh, Thanks, give us a Sean. thumbs up. Give us a share. <laughs> really helps get the get the uh, show out there. And of course, this will be out as an audio podcast as well. Sean, I'll send that over to you if you want to share with your uh, yeah. community. Uh, that that would be great. And okay, guys, remember to get outside, get your feet in the dirt, go plant something, go for a hike. Mother Nature's our best teacher. Go show her some love. And we will see you next week, Thursday, ten a.m. Pacific time. Love you all. Have a beautiful weekend. Blessings. Cheers. Awesome. Hey, thanks, Sean. Got it, I really guys. appreciate you.